So you're not going back to being a furniture salesman is what you're saying? Uh, no, Barry. I am not coming back to work with you. <laughs> Kindly <Yeah>. leap off. <laughs> the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 360. The world's shortest flight, which is operated by Logan Air, takes you between the islands of Papa Westray and Westray in northern Scotland. So just how long is this flight? Take a guess, then listen through to the end of the show, and I'll give you the answer. You do not want to miss this one. When I first started traveling a lot, when we were living in Japan, I was teaching English there, and we started going as much as we could, I never imagined that I would become location independent and that my life would revolve around this idea of travel. I thought I would be a regular person, I'd go to work, I'd take a vacation here and there, but I didn't envision that I would be able to travel whenever I want, wherever I want. And that's the beauty of having a Tortuga backpack, because when I first started, I thought I was only going to use it for quote-unquote vacations. I didn't know I would be location independent and that basically everything that I had in my life and the most important stuff of my business would be on my back traveling around the world. But the Tortuga backpack grew with me. And that's what I love about their bags. Whether you're just a regular traveler or whether you're someone who's saying everything that revolves around my business, my cameras, my computers, everything I need is on my back as I'm traveling around, doesn't matter. They make the best travel carry-on backpacks out there. So check it out, tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP and you'll get 10% off anything you order. Speaking of becoming location independent, if you're someone out there who says, listen, I just want to travel a lot, and you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, of course, you came here because you like to travel, but you want to travel more than you already are, that usually means you have to find a way to travel, live, and work anywhere. This idea of being location independent, or as some people say, a digital nomad. That is a life that I've been able to build for myself. Super excited about that. That's the life that we've been able to help thousands and thousands of other people build as well. This life that revolves around the the idea that they do not have to be tied to a certain area, hence the term location independence. So if you're interested in that, you need to go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash paradise because April 23rd through April 29th, the only time we do it this year, we are launching The Paradise Pack. It is a bundle sale of the world's best products to help you become location independent. So whether you already have a business idea, but you don't know how to implement it, whether you're just sitting there saying, hey, this location independence thing sounds great, but I have no idea where to start. It does not matter. We've got Got over 15 products in there, over $5,000 worth of online courses that we sell to you at over 90% off. But this Paradise Pack sale happens only once a year, then it is gone forever. Next year, it will be all brand new products. So if you want to check out this year's Paradise Pack, the 2019 Paradise Pack, go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash paradise. Do not forget, it is only available April 23rd through April 29th. So depending on when you're listening to this, either it hasn't launched yet, so make sure you hop on the email list there so you know when it launches, or it's launched and you need to make sure you go and check it out and get it before April 29th. After that, the doors close and you'll never be able to get it again. So check it out, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash paradise. If you want to become location independent, is the absolute best thing out there to help you get started. Dublin 
Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today, someone who's sitting directly across from me, drinking a very nice milkshake IPA, a guy who I am super, super proud of, and we're going to get into that in just a second, and someone who I'm, I'm afraid might get sunburned because we're sitting at this like indoor-outdoor cafe, and he has the sun beating down on him because he's in the outdoor part, and I'm on the indoor part. My good friend, Jamie Atkinson from Entrepreneur Junkie. Jamie, thanks for joining me and welcome. <laughs> thanks so much. You know, I'm a little bit worried about the sunburn as well. It's been a few months since I've been in the sunshine and uh, definitely after like the, the snow swells of Philadelphia and all of that, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say I've been running away from the cold weather for probably the last 18 months. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely nice to be sitting in the sun today and enjoying a beer. Yeah. So just to paint the scene, guys, here we are. We get to do this in person. Uh, thankfully, Jamie was in Philadelphia for a couple of days. I was able to, to grab him. We were shooting some testimonial videos for the Paradise back i got to be a guest on his podcast he's uh he's coming on my podcast so we're sitting here south philly if you look right up this street you could see all the entire city skyline so we've got a great view sitting here on a wednesday afternoon drinking some brews and uh it's just pretty amazing we've been talking a lot about location independence and and what that means and kind of this idea of location independence because i think there's a bit of a misconception around it and the one reason i don't use the term digital nomad jamie is that I, or I don't usually describe myself, I should say, it's because I think people hear digital nomad and they think, oh, I constantly have to be traveling. Like, that's all I have to do. There's a big difference between lo- being location independence and being a digital nomad because location independence just means you get to decide where you want to be, whether that's at a bar in Philly in the middle of the day, whether that's on a beach in Thailand, doesn't really matter. Some people don't like the term digital nomad, do they? They, they really repel from it. And it was funny because I kind of thought, hey, I'm a digital nomad for a while, but you know, we're, we are constantly on the move and we have to be you know, with, the, with the state we're at right now. But I don't, yeah, some people don't really like that term, right? I, I guess... I, I don't like it because I think that some people get overwhelmed and thrown off by it and they think, well, I don't want to be a, a digital nomad because I don't want to be nomadic. I have a home. I have a life in a certain area. I want to have something, some stability there. Yeah. And I'm there to say, like, I'm with you. Like, Philadelphia is our home base. We like it. We have family here. We have a home here. And so I started to transition as well from this idea of a digital nomad to someone who's location independent. And that simply just means all right, I'm in Philly when I want. I'm away from Philly when I want. And I'm the one making that choice. I think there's a little bit of a distinction there. And we're going to talk about location independence because you're not that far removed from a very location dependent lifestyle. So let's dive into that a little bit. Give us a, like, let's set the scene. Give us a little bit of an idea of what your life used to be like before you were able to be here on a Wednesday drinking beers with me and some random uh, Wednesday with us just hanging out. You know, it's kind of crazy because, you know, I grew up in in kind of a small town in the UK, a town called Shrewsbury. And I was always the kind of guy that, you know, all my friends wanted to go and travel and go to university. And they had their kind of I don't want to say life mapped out, but they pretty much figured out the road that they want to go down. And, you know, my parents had a hotel and a restaurant when I was younger, kind of entrepreneurial, but, you know, more in a small business kind of mindset. And all that I ever wanted from as young as I can uh, remember was I want to run a business. You know, I didn't really know what that was or how I was going to do it, but I was like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to eventually run a business. So, you know, when I left school and, and, and in the UK, we leave school at 16 and go to college, which is kind of like high school in the US. You know, uh, I I went to college when I was 17. I did about six months of college in a business degree and quickly realized like 
you know, these guys don't know what the, they're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, I think they do the best of what they got, but a lot of the stuff is very old hat. Like, and nothing. It's educational new. knowledge versus practical knowledge, right? Yeah. And like, for me, I just wanted to get out in the world and like really start delivering and, and, and really doing. So, you know, I, I ended up uh, doing college on my day off. You know, I, I worked six days a week. And then on my day off, I went into college and finished my degree that way. And, you know, I started working and, you know, I just worked at this real simple computer shop, you know, £5.50 an hour, about $6 an hour, and like hustled and loved it. You know, I was on the front desk. I I was selling, I was doing social media, I was designing the graphics, I was doing the whole shebang and really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I ended up leaving and moving out when I was 17. Uh, and I realized that that just wasn't enough money to live on. You know, I had about 850, you know, dollars coming in and about 800 going out. And I was like, well, I got these $50 to spend on food. And, you know, I'm a hungry guy. I eat a lot of food and I, it just wasn't cutting the mustard. So, you know, at 19, I ended up leaving and getting a proper job, as my family would call it, which was a, a good company good pay, you know, going to that next kind of level. And that's really where my sales career actually began when I was 19. So you, you were just the guy who was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make money. Like I want to get out and do it. I don't need to keep learning and going to school and going to school. Like I'm ready to start a business. And, and when you were younger, did you have an idea of what that business might be? Geo, to be honest, Travis, I never knew what the business was going to be. So but you the, didn't want to do restaurant and hotel like your parents? I definitely didn't want to do that because my parents had done it. <laughs> I saw how crazy that was. But, you know, there was a part of me which I was saying, well, all of my friends are going to go to university and college. They're going to be doing, you know, four years of studying. They're going to have $60,000 worth of debt. They're going to come out at 23, 24 for a job. And I'll already have been five years into a job, into a career, and I have that experience. And, and that's the way that my brain was working. I wanted to just go out and do it and prove that I could progress that way. And that was kind of, that's what I believed and that's what I wanted to do. One of the interesting things that I found out about you earlier today, and I didn't know, because we've, we've hung out a decent amount and talked, but I had no idea that you were not someone who was kind of like overjoyed with this idea of travel from a young age. You, Because I've since I've got to know you, you've been traveling all over the world. You've been location event in Thailand, like go on Jamie's Instagram or Facebook. You're like, this guy's, doing it like he's living this life i just assumed that you were the typical uk bud who was like oh, my family always traveled gonna around. have a gap year yeah yeah yeah. Had a, yeah had a gap year you just you just always traveled and you were like no i actually wasn't that like i that was not a big passion of mine instead it was this idea that i want to start a business and i i just really wanted to work towards building a business that was that was like your idea of a passion versus a lot of people's who's like i want to travel so Let's talk about that a little bit because you since have, I guess I want to say like grown into a love of travel and why, like why and where did that come from? Because it wasn't something that had been ingrained into you when you were younger. You know, it's kind of crazy because so many people are like, well, why would you not love traveling? Like, you, you know, you get to see these places and go and eat food and see all of these exotic things. And, and it's not that I didn't like going on holiday. Like, I like going on holiday. I like, you know, going and doing those trips. But we used to do like all-inclusive trips when we were younger. And it was like go up to the buffet and get all the drinks and sit by the pool. And, you know, it, it wasn't that it wasn't exciting, but I never really experienced travel mm. as in, you know, go to these you know I, I you know i never did the inca trail or anything like that you know what i mean so uh, it was kind of weird because i was so committed to work and you know i was working my way up the career chain i was going into managerial positions and i was the kind of guy where 
if the company said, hey, we need someone to jump, I would say, how high? And I would be that guy. And it was always the, the carrot that got dangled and the hoops that you had to jump through. And I remember really distinctly, this was the moment that it was kind of opened up for me. I was, you know, working in this store. It was about four hours away from where I lived. And I was in this store and I'd been there for about a month and I was living out of a hotel, you know, really sacrificing my social life and all of this stuff. Just this like company. your typical, almost like movie drudgery, right? Like yeah, when they right. say like, here's the dude, he's driving his like, little Toyota oh my god right like killing himself yeah Yeah. like you know windscreen wipers on in the rain thinking please kill me now what's happening but I was enjoying it right I was like I'm progressing I'm getting through my career I'm proving that I'm a good worker and I was sat there at this desk and I I just had this thought that came out of my head out the blue where I was like I just want to get away. I want to do something. And within the span of about 10 days, I decided I wanted to go on a trip. I booked a trip to Berlin. I flew to Berlin, spent one night there, got a train to go to Prague. You know, when I was in Prague, somebody I met in Berlin was like, Jamie, it's Oktoberfest. You've got to come experience this in Munich. I ended up changing my plans, got a train down to Munich, had this insane experience in Oktoberfest, staying in hostels the whole time. And then, you know, on the 10th day, I was back there in the same chair with the AC humming over my head, back on the work, looking at those results on the leaderboard, thinking, whew, that was a, that was a, that was a trip. And then somebody said to me, wow, I bet you can't wait until you can do that again next year. And in my brain, I was like, oh, my God, another year until I can do this again. And it, and it just clicked to me that this, there's got to be a different way. And that was the first time I'd ever really experienced travel and had realized like how amazing it can be. You know, and for me, that experience was all about, you know, meeting people and friendship and doing things by myself. It wasn't a, tr- a group trip, a family trip, or, you know, a trip with my girlfriend away. It was me by myself. I was single at the time. And it was just like, well, what do I want to do? And my and my whole fr- my whole life had always been on this schedule. Do what they want to do. Do what they want to do. Do what the job wants you to do. Do what your business wants you to do. Do what the boss wants you to do. You know, do what your family wants to do. And then I got there and it was like, well, what do I want to do? Mm. It was crazy. And it opened my eyes. It, it's, it's crazy that you don't know what you're missing until you do it, right? Like you had this epiphany because you thought travel was go to the all-inclusive rock up to the buffet, eat as much as you can, sit by the pool. You have this thing of like this quick thought that a lot of people wouldn't act on. And I guess I, even before I get into that, let's let's talk about that. Why did you act on that thought? Because you had that thought of, man, I got to get away. And within 10 days, you had done all that and then been back at your desk. So like what made you act in that moment I mean I to mean, go take that trip. to really dig deep into it I think like two months before I'd been through a breakup you know I'd been I we'd been away on holiday but a long time before that and I'd never really done anything by myself so it's like festering subconsciously almost yeah I think so and you know I've been working hard I've been putting in extra time you know I've been working seven day weeks for about eight weeks I think and try you know a good two months of working that way and I just thought, you know what? I've been working hard. I'm getting these vacation days. Why am I not using it? Like they're there to be used. I'm building it up. I've never done something by my by myself. Why don't I just go and experience it? And it was almost like, you know, a dare to myself. It was kind of like, well, what if? I'm like, screw what if? Let's just do it and see what happens and take that leap. And of course, you know, I spoke to all my guys at work and they were like, yeah, do it. Like, you know, live. you only live once, YOLO, all that kind of stuff. Right, and right, I ended right. up doing it and it was crazy. So then you come back and you're sitting at that desk and the dude says, bet you can't wait to do next year. And you have this, oh, oh shit moment, basically, where it's my own podcast, so I guess I can curse. Uh, You have this moment where you're like, wait a second, that was awesome. Can this feeling get me through another 365 days? 
I don't think so. So talk us through what then happened after that, because because you're also at another point where a lot of people would have that. I, I'm willing to bet a lot of people listening have had that thought, but then they've suppressed it because life life starts coming at them really quick. Family, job, boom, boom, boom. And then it is a whole nother year before they go on the trip. And they go on that trip and they have that high again. And then same thing. And it's repeating the cycle. But you you kind of came to a point where you're like, no, 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 no. I'm getting off this this hamster wheel. Yeah, and I kind of realized, and you know, I love my job. I was good at my job, and I enjoyed the process of it. But I, I just kind of realized, look, if nothing changes, this is going to be just something I'm stuck doing throughout the year. And you know, we had this saying at my work where the days were long, but the years were short, and literally the time will fly by before you know it. And you're sort of wishing the seasons and wishing the months away. And I just thought that is not the way that I want to live my life. Yeah, isn't like, that the worst possible saying? Like, like what the, the hell? days are long. Like, oh my gosh, I'm slaving away waiting for the clock to turn. But oh, blink, and now I'm 30 years. Like, that's 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 Some awful one both ways. And I would hear it all the time. And he's like, "You just wait. You know, you'll blink and you'll be 45, and you'll be in that manager position." And I'm like, "This is not a good thing. Like, I can't believe it." So, you know, I was there and I was sat there back in that chair, and I said to myself, "You know, I've got to make something change. I've got to make something happen. No one's going to do this for me." So I start googling and I and I and I look down and I'm like, "How to make money." and travel, how to work and travel. I start Googling these things and I come across this guy's blog, a guy named Sean Ogle, who Travis knows very affectionately and has been on this podcast. And Sean had this blog post about 17 ways in which you can make money online. Um, you know, I, I, I speak to Sean a bit, but I probably doesn't realize how much PR I do for him in the background yeah. as I tell great, my story to everybody. Great job with SEO, Sean, because here he is Googling how to make money online and you're coming up right away. That's he's, a, he's killing it. That's a big game. keyword. You know right what I mean? There. Like he's doing well. And, uh, and I start to look at it and I do the research and I end up, you know, designing my own blog, following the advice. And over the next sort of six to nine months, I dabble with the blog. I do it a little bit. And I'm kind of committed in the first couple of weeks, but it kind of tails off because new opportunities come up at work. You know, I get kind of back into those habits. And I think what can happen in these positions is that you don't realize, but life takes over, habits take over, you get back into the swing of things. And before you know it, the priority isn't finding a way out. The priority is how do I do better in work? How do I get more money? How do I overcome these challenges that are in front of me right now? Yeah, you fall back into old patterns because that's right that's what is right in front of your face is that day-to-day work, gig, job, family, whatever. You know, and it's funny, Travis, because if, if you know, and I'm going to tell you in a second what happened, which caused this dramatic change in my life. And I think it's funny because most entrepreneurs that I speak to who have, you know, done great things with their business and made dramatic changes, most of them have had some points in their life where they've been hit really hard. You know, something terrible has happened, which has caused them to rethink their what they want to do with their life. And it was the same with me. And, and, and I'm just kind of grateful that these terrible things happened because if they hadn't happened, I don't think I would be where I am today. And, you know, it's funny sometimes, but when you have these terrible things that happen to you, at the time you think it's, you know, why, why is this happening to me? Why am I so unlucky? You know, why is this happening to me and my family? But actually, in the long run, you can reflect and look back, and and these are the catalysts of change in our life that we don't realize that's happening for a reason. Yeah, I totally agree, and I just put out a, a video, and if anyone's seen it, it's on social media and stuff like that, of the kind of, I did on April Fool's, but this was the foolish decision that I made that turned me into an entrepreneur, and most people would probably think, oh, he did something really dumb. Well, yes, I did, but in, in normal circumstance, it was smart. I was a teacher working my way up basically was offered a 
or thought I was offered, was promised a full-time job, went away for the summer, got a phone call that they had hired someone else. And the foolish decision I made was that I had, I had counted on someone else. I put my future in someone else's hand. I had relied on them. And all it took was one administrator to be like, for whatever reason, we're not going to hire Travis. We're going to hire this other person who was qualified, but not exact, basically not as qualified as I was at that point. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, I can't believe I got screwed over. But obviously, that led me to be saying, I don't want to be a teacher for the rest of my life. Like, if someone else can, in a moment, make a decision for me that affects the trajectory of my life, no way. Let me handle it. Now, it's not as dramatic as, as your situation we'll get into now, but it is this idea that now looking back, I can say, oh my gosh, I like, I want to go and hug that lady who didn't give me the job at right. the moment. I wanted to kill that lady. Cause I'm like, you said this to me and this, and that. you know, it took me a while to get over it. But now looking back 12 years later, I'm like, thank you. Yes. This has been an incredible blessing that you will never know. I mean, I don't talk to her still, obviously like she'll never know that she turned me on this path and she didn't mean to turn me on this path. She was just making a decision that to her was probably just, I'll just choose this person. But, just pay you know, whatever. Right? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. And um, but yet it, it totally affected the outcome of my life. And you had a similar thing happen, but it was, you know, something much bigger. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a crazy situation. And it's funny because on reflection, I'm grateful it happened, which kind of sounds a bit messed up in terms of the story. But I'm grateful for the situation that was put in front of me because of the trajectory we're now on. But, you know, I mean, to paint the picture, guys, you know, I would I built my blog. I decided that that was going to be what I was going to do. And I was going to push and I was going to get to that next level. But, you know, it, it, it fell backwards. It didn't work out. And I was still doing the blog, but just not with the same full force. But you were and, still working full time at that yeah, point. So that well, was a side hustle. Exactly. The blog. Yeah. The blog was just something in the background that I was working on and figuring out while I went through. And, and in reality, what happened was, you know, I got back into the swing of work. My boss was like, hey, there's this opportunity. You know, we want you to go and work in this in this store. And at the time, this store was one of the most difficult ones to work in. It was an inner city store. I used to sell furniture. And this store had, you know, 11 or 12 languages that were spoken inside the store. Very, very difficult. Lots of salespeople to manage. And it had the reputation of being the most difficult store in the country to run for our company. Uh, but, you know, at the time, because I was young and I wanted to prove myself, I was like, all right, I'm going to take it with both hands. I'm going to run at it and I'm going to make this a success. And I fully believe if nothing else had happened, that would have happened. And I would probably still be working there to this day. But actually what happened and and it was kind of crazy was, you know, I take this job, I go into this store and two weeks down the line while I'm trying to get everything aligned and working, you know, my dad phones me up out the blue. Um, he sounds agitated on the phone. I'm like, dad, what's up? What's going on? And he, and he says to me, you know, Jamie, something bad's happened. Your sister's got cancer. You know, and my sister was 29 at the time, you know, very young. And it turns out that she had a very rare form of cancer in her kidney, which was just completely unexpected for anybody. It just doesn't appear in anybody under 60. Completely sidelined all the doctors. They didn't know what was happening. And, and I was absolutely floored because, you know, I cared about my sister. And more importantly, my dad cared a lot and was, and was dramatically affected. And every day he was calling me and upset and I was trying to console him. But the byproduct of all of this stress and everything happening with that meant that I just couldn't do my job the same way of what I did before. You know, I previously loved speaking to customers. I was really committed in my role. And like, I couldn't even speak to people that were coming in the front door. Like I couldn't connect with people. I had no energy. I was just really, really affected by it internally. So, you know, I take my boss to the side. I say to him, look, you know, you've probably noticed that there's been something wrong with me the last couple of weeks. 
you know, this is the situation. This is what's happening. I really don't think that, you know, I can carry on in this store because of all the stuff that's going on. I would love to go back to my previous store. That's my team around me who I was with for a year. They love me. They support me. They'll help me get through this. And then maybe in the future, I can come back and try this position again. You know, but really, I just need to go back to my previous store in my old role. And, you know, he said to me, look, you know, we filled that role. You know, you're either here as a manager or if you go back to that other, you know, that other store, you're going to go back as a salesman and you'll never be a manager in this company again. And when he said that, you know, it just clicked in my mind. This is a corporation. They don't care about you. It's just about the money. And almost within the same heartbeat, I said to him, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to go back as a salesman and in two months, I'll be gone from the company. And, you know, that was a scary moment because I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I knew was like, this is not the right place for me to be. And But that was scary because, you know, you I had, threw you away. You had worked up, like you would worked up to that position that you were probably one of the youngest people they'd offer that to. They'd given a ton of responsibility. That was essentially your identity at that point it was completely my identity travis and and it, and it was scary because you know i would i'd been you know at 19 i got recognized as the youngest person ever to get the level of excellence they had all pegged me to be you know management future for the company and really built me up and put me through training and everything that i was going to be and become and be a success was pegged with this company and the thought of me leaving that company and having to start from the bottom and working that up again was something that was kind of terrifying and i knew in that moment you know, I've got to figure something out because this is not the place that I want to be. And, you know, it's funny because literally two weeks later, I get an email from Sean Ogle and he says, yo, what's up? He didn't exactly say that in the subject line, but <laughs> maybe, along maybe. those lines, he just what's said. up, brother? Yeah, he was like, this is the Paradise Pack. We're launching with Travis. You know, this is what's going on. And, you know, I looked it over, I deliberated and, and you have to bear in mind, like I was a guy that was corporate and earned money, but I'd never really invested in myself. I'd never taken money and said, I'm going to, you know, I never bought a book for myself, let alone decided I was going to spend, you know, four or $500 on a course. So at that time, it was a really huge step for me to say, you know, I'm going to work on trying to improve myself, especially with so many free resources being around. I was like, but the thing that I realized was that, you know, if I want to make this a real go of it, if I want to travel, if I want to work, I need to follow the framework of somebody that's already done it. You know, I got some great advice a long time ago. And he said, if you want to bake a cake, you follow a recipe for one cake. You don't take seven different recipes and take step one from one, step two from another, step three from another. And then when it comes out, expect a perfect cake. You know, but it's funny in entrepreneurship, we think that's what we can do. We think right. we can get this free content here and this here, and it's going to patch it together and it's going to work out but i can tell you from experience that does not work you know you're just left with a big mess and a big confusing question mark over your head of how it's going to work so that's what i did and you know for those two months i worked really hard at my job i banked a lot of commission i just did sales and you know i was proud to say i blew everybody away on the sales floor those last couple of weeks almost as a big f you to say well <laughs> this is what you lost baby this is yeah, what yeah. you could have had yeah and uh, like, i know, still got it don't think i'm leaving because oh, i don't know what i'm doing yeah i'm was, leaving because i'm going to do something better and bigger yeah it was funny because you know the the last couple of months when i left I, I managed to take home this big award for being a top salesman across the three months and that and that was really you know good for me to to walk away with that and be like leaving on a high ground saying sure. you know i've got this quality and i'm choosing to leave rather than it being anything other than that and i guess that's ego and pride and, and but, all that as but well. it, it's something there you're saying like i'm leaving I, i'm not leaving because you're telling me i have to leave i know i can do a good job i know i believe in myself i'm leaving because i'm going to do something 
I want to do. Yeah, I wanted to leave on my own terms, you know, and do it my way. And, you know, it's funny because I I kind of, I got the Paradise Pack, it launched. And, you know, at that point when I told my boss I was going to leave, two weeks later, I buy the Paradise Pack, I start working on the content. And I kid you not, three months later, 25th of September, 2017, I've packed my bag, I've sold everything I own, everything I own is in a 40 liter backpack and I'm leaving the country and and I'm doing it. And And that's where I started my location independent journey. And, you know, I, I'm proud to say that I set myself goals within those, you know, 100 days and I managed to earn myself, you know, three, four hundred dollars. And, and it doesn't sound like enough to leave on. But for me, it was about proving that it was possible. If I could earn three hundred dollars, if I could do that for myself, I knew that getting to the next level, the thousand dollars, the two thousand dollars was going to be possible. And I think that is the big point that I want people to hear is that you and, and one of the reasons that I'm so proud is that uh, of you specifically is that you said, I'm going to get the Paradise Pack because there's plenty. Of, listen, I bought courses that I haven't used. Uh, I, I'll readily admit that. But you said, I'm going to get this Paradise Pack. I'm going to go for it. So within three months of getting the Paradise Pack, you, you left on a trip, which we're going to touch on in a second. But not only did you leave on a trip and go away and, and do this lifestyle, now we're, now we're here, you and I, standing here two years later and you're still living that lifestyle. So it's almost like there's two points of pride for me. One is that you got the paradise back, you implemented it, you took that first trip and you said, I'm going, I I figured out a way to make money. So I know if I can make a little bit, I I can make more when I need be. Like it's just validating the fact that it actually will work. It's possible, right? It's possible. And then you said, all right, now that I'm doing it and out and I'm, I'm bombing around Thailand, I'm hanging out. Not only is it possible, but like I can make this sustainable, right? There's like the first part that you do it, that you prove it's possible, and then there's a part that you prove it's sustainable. And here we are, two hours, two years, two hours, two years later, <laughs> and you're still doing it. Yeah. And I- so that's that's as important to me as the people who take the first step because it's it is sustainable if you do it right. Yeah, and it's funny because you know what I'm doing today, I never would have even considered was gonna be possible when I first got started. But it's funny that as you try these things along the way, you know, one of the biggest realizations that I've come to is that, you know, when I first started this journey, I was terrified of failing. You know, and and I've talked about in some of my my podcast episodes on the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement that it kind of stems back from when I was growing up and the way, you know, that my dad treated me and, and, you know, always had that sense of, you know, if you don't do it right, then you don't do it at all. Hmm. And that really put a big fear in me of, you know, I don't want to try something if I'm going to fail. And that affected me a lot in my life. And I've only very recently realized that it's okay to fail. And it's actually a good thing because when you do something, you know, you don't want to, you know, actively seek to fail. But if you do fail, that's okay because you learn something along the way. And if you're if you're failing at something, it means you're taking action on something. And, you know, and there's so many people who are just terrified to take that first step to try something new because they're, they're afraid of it going wrong. And, you know, if you're feeling like that, the big thing I want to say is that's okay. Like, it's okay to be afraid. All of us feel that way. And it, Honestly, like every time I do something new, which is when you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're you're usually doing something new because that you're trying to press forward, create a new product, build something bigger, you know, push yourself every single time. Even though I've done stuff that has been successful, I'm still afraid that the next thing I do 
is going to be a failure. And that never changes. You know, I, I mean, just, just looking at myself in the past couple of weeks, like, you know, I've learned so much. But, you know, three weeks ago, I launched a brand new podcast. And, and for the longest time, I've been saying to myself, and I've, and I've said to you as well, Travis, like, I'm going to launch a podcast. But it's like, well, well, when are you going to launch that podcast, right? And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. We launched. You know, we ended up getting a bunch of people liked it, a bunch of downloads, loads of reviews. And, and just yesterday, we managed to get on the new and noteworthy list, which is which is kind of a big deal for a new podcast. That's Definitely. Like, that's like what you want to go for. But that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't said to myself, look, I am prepared to put out content on this podcast and nobody listened to it. Right. You know, and I would have been totally cool with putting that podcast out and then not a single soul hearing it because I know that just the act of putting out that podcast, I'm naturally going to get better. I'm going to refine it. I'm going to know more about what I want to do just by doing the act of taking that action. And it's, I think that's so important to realize. For sure. And one of the things you touched on earlier was the fact that now you're doing stuff that you never would have imagined. Not not would you have never imagined when you're back as a furniture salesman, but you never even would have imagined this when you start on your entrepreneur and location independent journey. And that's what I think is important is that it, the thing that you think you're going to do is prop. I'm going to say with 90% probability, not the thing you'll do 5, 10, 15 years down the road. It's going to morph. It's going to change. It's going to look different. And that's cool because as you go on the journey, you start to see other paths that, that you might actually like more than than, you, than the path that you originally thought because you didn't even know existed. You know, it's so funny you say five or 10 years. Like screw, I'm talking like six months. Like right, right, You will right. start something and then six months, three months, two months, three weeks later, you're going to be like, whoa, I like this new thing. That's true. I don't and, have to go five years. I mean, because I've been doing <laughs> it. I mean, we've done the Paradise Pack. This is a six-year and that seems like a long time. I mean, if I talk about being in the entrepreneur game and the location indie game, I mean, that's like, that's six, seven years. That's in the scheme of things, small. Seems like it's been forever and it's morphed 15 different times, right? So let's let's go through that a little bit just to give people uh, a bit of a flow, a bit of the logical um, path of what you took. You got the Paradise Pack. Three months later, you were off on your trip. You said, I'm going to become location independent. Talk us about talk to us about what happened after you got on that trip. So you, you cut the cord, but it wasn't all roses from there. And that's one of the things I want people to realize is you don't just make a decision and it's perfect. Yeah. You work through some stuff. Yeah. So I yeah, I, I, I left my job and then Richard Branson says, Hey, you want a record deal? And I'm like, Yeah, man, sign right. me up. And a million dollars later, yeah, that there doesn't you go. happen. And that now does you're not good. happen, right? <laughs> so, you know, the reality was the first couple of months when I was traveling, it was kind of like well, let's go, let's let loose. And it was like a holiday for me. And, you know, the first three months, I didn't really get anything done. You know, I was traveling and enjoying it and drinking and meeting people. And it's the first time I'd like done hostels for a long term. And I was really kind of enjoying that, that momentum of I don't have to work. I've got that freedom. But pretty soon, I, you know, I got to Thailand about four months later and I decided, you know what, I'm going to start taking this a little bit more seriously. And, you know, at that point, the way that I was making money was I had my blog. I was making a little bit of affiliate income through things like Bluehost and, and stuff like that. And I was making about $200 a month affiliate income through my blog, which was only getting 1,500 page views a month. Like, not a lot. Like, nothing really. And I was still making a little bit of money from it. But, you know, how I was making the bulk of my money was through freelance writing. I had one client. They were paying me about $300 a month to do some writing work. And then I got to Thailand and I decided, you know what, I'm going to ramp this up. So I reached out. I started finding some more companies. 
And within about a week of deciding this, I ended up having two or three more clients. I was only earning about $28 for a thousand words worth of articles, but I was able to earn about $1,200 to $1,400 per month of income consistently just from freelance writing. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot to some people at home in the US, but in, in Thailand, yeah. you know, you only need, you, could, you can get by very, very basically on $800 to be frank and to be real with you. If you drink more than two beers in the evening, you're going to spend nearer like $1,200 to $1,300 a month. But, you know, I was breaking even and I wasn't touching my savings and I was just a couple months into this whole kind of journey. And that was a big eye opener for me because, you know, I left with a sizable amount of savings I worked up and I built and it was going to be towards my house that I was going to buy. You know, I had probably $10,000 saved. And within the second or third month, I wasn't actually going into that mm. for the money that I was kind of using. And that was a big deal for me. I, that, that's a huge deal because so many people want to look at the end goal. And I think that and then they become overwhelmed. They're like, all right, well, I need to make 5K a month to replace my income, 6K a month to replace my income. This and that. And that's fine. Like, I'm, if that's you and you want to replace your income before you become location independent, well, fine. Work a side hustle. You know, there's plenty of resources out there to help you make that. We're not saying you can't make five or six K a month. You certainly can. Both of us are doing it. Like, I make more than five K a month. That's fine. But in the beginning, sometimes that can be overwhelming because you're like, oh, no, that looks that's yeah. this many clients. You're just saying, I'm going to be in Thailand. I'm going to travel. I'm going to live this lifestyle. I don't need to make a ton. Let me just experience it first. Let me break even. If I can break even, then I know I can ramp up when I really want to get serious, which is kind of what happened. And that's what was great because, you know, I was experiencing, I was eating three meals out a day. I was, you know, going out every night, you know, to go and have a few beers. Sometimes I'd have more than that. And I was living in this amazing lifestyle, whereas waking up late, you know, working maybe two hours a day, if that, most of the time about an hour and a half a day, because, you know, by the time I got over my hungover, it was about, you know, oh, finally got to get around doing some work. And I lived like that for a good two months and, and had a great time in Thailand. But, you know, as you probably will expect after a while it becomes a bit monotonous and then it's like all right well what do i actually want to achieve where do i want to take my business yeah. and what was interesting is that you know that was a great experience it was a lot of fun and i learned a lot but all of the time that i was doing that i was still building a skill set i was learning i was you know learning stuff on my blog the wordpress stuff the writing you know i was trying ways to get email subscribers i was running challenges you know i did an instagram challenge a blog challenge i ended up growing to over 10,000 followers on instagram and helped a bunch of people do that as well and you know not only did that give me a really good reputation in this industry it was trying my hand at these different things which to this day you know I'm, I'm still doing course launches you know one of my one of my big products i'm giving away for free which i'll actually give away to your audience for free if they're interested at the end of the show is i do a product now called product launch secrets i sold it for a long time for 47 dollars. it's worth a lot more than that and you know that whole understanding of that course comes from me trying and failing at launching products you know when i first got started it gave me that clarity on hey this works oh by the way don't do this this sucks yeah and i think that if anyone's listening, everyone's coming at this from a different perspective, right? There's the people who are saying like, all right, I just want that life, Jamie. I want I want to be able to bust away from my cubicle or my job or my desk, whatever. And I want to be somewhere different and I want to break even. If I can break even, that's cool. And here you are saying like, all right, I was working two hours a day. So let's say 15 hours a week max, making enough money to break even, living a good life, experiencing travel. And that's, that's one type of person. The other type of person is kind of what you then morphed into where you're saying... That was cool for a little bit, but now, all right, I want to make this sustainable. I don't want to have to live in Thailand because that's all I can afford. 
I, I want to be able to chart my own path, be where I want. And that then kind of spurred you to say, how do I make this a, a legitimate business, yeah, a real business? Really, at that point, I was just kind of self-employed. It was a freelancer. And then I wanted to go, I wanted to say, hey, I want to get a real business now. And, and it wasn't as much as about the money as it was about, you know, um, feeling like I was making progress. You know, right. a, lot of, a lot of my drive in my life doesn't actually come from monetary, you know, reasons. It comes from, uh, you know, notoriety, respect, and, and, you know, what other people think of me, which is probably not a good thing. It's probably something that I should try not to focus on as much. But, you know, I want people to see me as a success and I want to feel that success in my life. And, you know, if I can help and impact people to get success, that's where I feel like I'm really rewarded. And that's where I feel like, you know, that's where I get a lot of enjoyment in my life from, helping other people have success, you know? Yeah, and I think that that is, I think the financial aspect is a nice measuring stick because everyone can relate to a number, right? Like if you say a certain number, everyone knows what that means, but that doesn't have to mean that it's the end goal either. It just means that it's a, it is a, I'm saying means a lot, but a means to an end, right? Like you know that- Well, you need you make, money to live. Yeah, you know if you make $1,500 a month, you can live in a few different parts of the world and live fine and it's gonna break even. But you know if you can make $5,000 a month, you can live in a lot more places in the world that you could probably do more than break even. You know, if you make 10K a month, you can live almost anywhere, you know, and put away more savings. You know, if you make 100K a month, you can do a lot more and have a bigger impact. And, and so it isn't to say that you're only shooting for a certain thing. It's just to say that at different level, like at different points, you're going to want to hit different levels. And that's fine where you are. And you've progressed through those levels, I think maybe quicker than most people, which I like because a lot of people might get stuck in that. I want to make 1500. I want to live in Thailand. You know, you said for two months, that was a good lifestyle, but you grew, you know, a little, a little disconcerted with it, a little bored of it. Some people might, might live there forever, but you then said, all right, I want to make this a real business. What do I have to do to do that? And so let's fast forward through that a little bit. Now you're ready to say, I don't just want to break even. I want to make sure I'm location independent in a sustainable way, whether I'm in Thailand, whether I'm in Philly, whether I'm in the UK. So what did you start doing then? Because this is where your whole like, this is like, like yeah, you thought you were freelance is, writing. Wait a second. No, now I'm in a whole nother field. And you know what? This was interesting because I flipped this switch on the way that I started to think about things. And, and this is where I probably failed in more businesses in the short space of time than anyone humanly should. But, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people now who are very successful earning over a million dollars a year. And, you know, the average is about 10 or 12 failed businesses. And, and actually, in the span of about a year, I think I failed at about five different businesses. So perhaps I'm ahead of the trend. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing well. There you, go. But, you got seven more to go. My yeah, man. right. A couple more failed ones and I'll be there. But the, the truth of the matter is, you know, you when you when you decide that you want to do something sometimes it doesn't always work out but you learn a lot of things along the way so you know i got i got um, back from thailand and i flew back to the us to meet my girlfriend gina we'd met in thailand we ended up getting together which is amazing i wouldn't have been able to do that without a location independent lifestyle but when we got to america i was like right 
these bills are freaking real, right? Yeah. You know, this is this is like legit going to cost me some money. Still I longer like $20 need, a yeah. night for an apartment. You know, your girlfriend's like, hey, when are you going to get a real job? You know, one of those moments. So I was like, all right, I need to start thinking for real. So I launched a, a blog course. It was about how to help people grow their uh, blog using Pinterest. And, you know, one of the guys who was taking my course, you know, only about 200 people ended up taking it. Uh, and it was a free course I was giving away. And one of the guys, he was actually running a website for fan fiction, which if you don't know what that is, it's like, you know, people who write their own stories about Harry Potter and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so so he's he's a Harry Potter fan who's then like writing extra stories about yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. So he's like creating all of these stories that people write about Harry Potter online. Very, very, very individual niche, right? Like not something that you would ever actively be like, hey, I'm going to sell to you. Sure. And this guy reaches out and he's like, yo, I really love the course. I love what you're doing, but I just don't have the time to do it. Do you know anybody that can do this? And, you know, I was literally about to hit send on this email where I was going to refer him to somebody that I knew that did Pinterest management. So he wanted someone to do his Pinterest to drive traffic to his blog. Exactly. That's what and, he wanted. And you were like, I'm going to refer you to someone. Yeah. I was like, yo, I know this person that can do it. And then, and then in that second before I hit the enter key, I was like, wait a minute. If he's going to pay someone $2,000 to do this, I can just do that myself. Screw making $200 affiliate commission. I'm just going to say, hey, I can do it. So I reach back out to him. I say, look, I can do it. Let's get set up. You know, we end up drawing up a three-month contract, $2,000 a month. And that was the first agency deal I ever signed. And, you know, for three months and actually I stayed with him for over seven months in the end and you know we helped him grow his Pinterest traffic we ended up hitting over 150,000 page views a month which was kind of insane traffic levels for what he was paying and uh, and we had a good run at it and what happened then was I realized I was like holy shit I don't need to write 20 articles to make two thousand dollars I just need one client right I just need to convince one person to pay me money and then I can be sorted and over the next three four months I started to get more clients you know, I ended up having four or five different clients in different industries from, you know, vegan supplements to, you know, some other guy was doing, um, you know, a, a wealth blog, you know, all these different like self-development ideas. And how were you finding these people? I was literally just outreaching. You know, one guy had posted in a uh, Facebook group. He's like, hey, I need someone to manage my Instagram profile. I was like, bro, you don't need Instagram. You need Pinterest, right? And okay, like, so you, and were, you were scouring kind of these anything Facebook. I could find okay. you know literally just all over the place and you know cold emailing and just literally going out and saying and trying to convince people because my, my new mindset was you know I don't need to get a hundred thousand people to my blog to give me money I just need to convince one or two people that this is the way that you can do it and you know eventually you know I signed up these clients I end up getting to pretty much ten thousand dollars a month and right now I'm like yo I've made it right I'm like at this level right you went from fifteen hundred a month freelance writing to, to 10k so you, you've essentially That's like the most money i ever earned in a month before like that yeah. was crazy yeah and, uh, and how long okay so how long did that take you to from when that mindset from when you signed that first guy for 2k a month how long did it take you to get to 10k a month not long at all like three months okay. because what i realized was like yo I, I just need to get in front of a few of these people and you know i was a good enough salesman at the time that i believed in what i was doing we had the proof and the results from the first guy yep. so it was very very easy to sell people on this idea and it was kind of niche it wasn't something that anyone had saw so you know being an entrepreneur, I, I looked at the 10,000 a month. I times it by 12. I was like, yo, I'm on a six figure a year salary now, even though I'd only had one month of $10,000. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, I'm thinking I made it. This is it. You know, I'm planning out my life. I'm picking out my Bugatti. You know, it's all that. <laughs> and then, you know, and something bad happens and the Pinterest algorithm changes. And, you know, if you guys don't know about algorithms, you know, they update the way that the search works. And all of a sudden, you're not getting the same results as before. And, you know, it worked a little bit, but the results weren't as good as what we got in the past. And, you know, a couple 
months go by and we end up losing the clients. So we're back down to just one client again and a panic station starts to hit in. And, you know, to paint the picture with Pinterest, there was a lot of work to get to that level. So, you know, I decided, all right, let's take another look at this. What else is there available? And eventually we evolved it into a Facebook ad agency instead. And this whole time that you're doing that and you're, and you're changing from Pinterest, from one Pinterest client to, to five or six, to making 10K, to then transitioning to Facebook ads, the whole time you're living this location independent lifestyle, where are you in the world? Well, this is what's crazy. So when this was all going down and, and when we're trying to get this first client, you know, we were living in Philadelphia with my girlfriend and she ends up getting fired from her job. So we're living in like her apartment. She's got no income. I'm earning $300 a month from my writing job. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, we kind of need to make some money now. And, and that's why it was such a godsend that that Pinterest client came along. But, you know, then we managed to get my girlfriend a job teaching English online. You know, we both decided that we we were going to go and travel and you know and while this was happening with the different pinterest clients we were around europe you know we ended up meeting one of the new clients i signed in portugal you know we hang out with them a lot and, and that was a lot of fun and you know we were just dotting around different places a bit in portugal a bit back in the uk across to budapest you know literally bouncing from place to place trying to be there for around about a month at a time before we then go on to the next place and my goal was to get back to thailand because that's what i really loved yeah one of the things that i I, I'm a little far removed from it, so it's fun to hear you talk about. Like, I almost forget it until I hear someone else talk about Is that, oh my gosh, I'm not making that much. Like, I'm just starting out, but I'm going all over the world and I'm going fast. And that, I think, is that there's something to that. Like, you're just so excited about this new lifestyle that you can travel that you're prioritizing travel over the business, and that's totally fine. And for you, you said you had some savings, and, and there's other ways people can do it, of course. But it's... It then certainly becomes a part where you say, now I have to start, if I want to be sustainable, I have to start prioritizing the business, not over travel, but at least figuring out how they work hand in hand. And how did that, like, what did that look to you? Like, what did that look like? You know, it's really funny because, you know, what happened was when we started to get this success, you know, I, I had a lot of friends back home who were watching me from my old job and I wanted to be seen as successful because I didn't want to be that guy who left my job and then didn't make it. You know, right. I wanted to I wanted to prove to people and say to people, look, you know, I did it. This is the thing. So, you know, I built up a good sizable Instagram following by posting pretty pictures from Thailand. So this whole time when things were going great, you know, we were shouting about it. We were saying, hey, we just hit our first 10K month. We're on track for six figures and you know we were celebrating and all this stuff what I didn't do was then tell everybody when we lost all the clients the mm. following couple of months and what was funny was for a time you know I was kind of living this imposter syndrome lifestyle where I felt like I had to still keep up appearances because I didn't want to have that you know that ego shame drop you know of being like hey we you know we had this but then suddenly it all went a little bit worse and for a long time I really struggled with that you know and I didn't want to tell people the reality and the truth about what my business business was like and actually it was only in you know December January February this year that I suddenly decided that you know what I need to start telling more truth in my business I don't want to just pretend that everything is roses and sunshine and sure and you know this one percent success because the truth is other people out there who are entrepreneurs and want to take this step and want to become location independent if they get hit in the face and they suddenly lose all their clients if nobody else is talking about it they're going to feel like it's something that they've done that's wrong Whereas the truth is, and you'll know this, Travis, yep. 
in these situations, this happens to everybody. You Everyone. know, you have the success, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. You know, there's the, it's a massive roller coaster of a ride in entrepreneurship, and it doesn't get any easier when you get more success. If anything, it gets worse, but you just learn how to roll with the punches and learn how to become a lot more resilient in yourself and your business. And, you know, pretty much in February this year, I decided, you know what, I need to be more transparent. I need to tell people the true state of where everything is at. And, you know, and over the course of these last couple of months where things had started to go wrong yeah i'd lost more clients again you know my savings had started to whittle down you know there wasn't you know that safety barrier in my bank anymore and we went to funnel hacking live this year as an event for a bunch of other entrepreneurs and you know as i rolled up to that event in funnel hacking live i had one paying client who hadn't paid me for two months because we hadn't started to get the results yet and you know we had four thousand dollars in the bank account i think four and a half thousand dollars and at this event, we decided, you know, we're going to make a jump. We're going to invest. We're going to bet on ourselves. And, you know, and I signed up for a $30,000 a year coaching program with $4,500 in the bank with no income. And, you know, that is probably the big. And you remember when I said at the start of this episode, I never invested in myself, right? You know, I was the guy that didn't buy a book. And then a year and a half later, dropping 30k on like this coaching program and you know they pay it two and a half dollar two and a half thousand dollars per month so you know they take the payment there and then on the day i'm running up and down i'm like fretting i'm stressing i'm like is this for me and in my heart of hearts i knew this community these people this is what i need to be able to get myself to this next level i knew that i had to be in that situation where i need to burn the boats i need to be in a position where if I fail, I fail and I go bankrupt. If I put myself in that position, I knew that that's what I needed to spur me on to have that next level of success. But I tell you what, that is the scariest mother freaking shit I've ever done in my life. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I remember seeing you post that and thinking, whoa, good for Jamie. He must like, think he must be was, making a lot of money. Yeah. And then you were like, Trav, no, but I know that this is the only way. And different people operate different ways. So what might be right for Jamie and me might not be right for you. But I do know that when you put an investment out there that scares you a bit, and maybe it's $30,000, maybe it's $500, whatever it is. But when you put an investment out there that's a, a substantial amount to you, it's going to force you to act. Yeah. And if you don't, then that's on you. Like anytime I've put an investment out there, it's always, it's never been because of the course that I haven't had success. It's been because I haven't opened it. Yeah. So it's like that now you're saying I'm betting on myself because I've put the money out. I know this is worth its weight in gold. If I do it, it's going to work. If I don't do it, it's going to be worth zero. And, and I think for me too, that actually signing that check or whatever, running that credit card, that's the thing that ultimately forces me to take action instead of just talking. You know, and it's the scariest stuff in the world, but you know, and it's so true when people pay, they pay attention. And you know, that's something that I was told to me a while ago. I didn't realize how powerful that was until I was put in that position. And you know, and there's, and there's a great saying by Tony Robbins, and he, I don't know if he was the original sayer, but he says, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats. And it's, it's so powerful in that, you know, if you give yourself a plan B, if you give yourself an opt out, a way that you can get out of the situation, 
situation. You will not go all in on that only result that you can get. Whereas if you burn the boats, if you give yourself no other option right now, you know, and, and just to be transparent, Travis, you know, I'm not in a situation where I'm safe right now. You know, we that first month, you know, what happened was that two and a half thousand dollar payment was taken there on the day. I was down to like, you know, two thousand dollars. I got home and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make this happen. And that lady who was my only client, she rung me up and said, yo, Jay, we've not had any results for three months. I want a refund on my original two thousand dollars. I had to refund this lady $2,000. had to borrow $200 from my girlfriend because I was down to like $300 in my bank account. And I knew that in 27 days time, there was another payment of $2,500 coming out of my credit card. And I was like, holy shit, I've got to make this happen. But you know what happened was in that moment, I realized like you've got to be true to yourself, transparent, give a run at it. You know, we created the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement, the podcast, and I just started documenting and telling the real stories of what was happening. And what was amazing was I realized that there's so many people out there who are in the same boat and they really resonate. And, you know, one guy said to me, he said, Jamie, everything that you've just said, nothing like that has ever happened in my life, but I am 100% resonating with you right now. And it was so funny because I was talking about, you know, going into debt and having all of this money going out and this entrepreneurial journey. And this guy didn't, he wasn't doing any of that, but there was something about the challenge and the obstacles that I was overcoming, which really hit a chord with him. And, you know, and that's what kind of spurred him into thing like, wow, this guy is doing it. I can follow him. I can take action. And he's now in one of my courses. He's taking action. He's taking the leap for himself. And it's so funny that as a society, we feel like we have to put up this guard. We have to put up this, this is me. This is the person I am. You know, I am this perfect 1% person. I, you know, I'm living the life. I'm being successful. But people don't resonate with success. People resonate with the challenges, the struggles, the things that you're facing in your life. The things that you think make you a weak person is what another person will see as strength in you. Yeah, and it they really, resonate with your reality. Yeah, you've got to be strong enough and, and brave enough to, you know, make that leap. But something that I encourage everybody to do is really just to document where they're at and, and just to talk about their real challenges that they're facing. And, you know, every day and we're starting to figure it out now and we're getting success with the podcast and people are really resonating with the message that we put out. But all we're doing is we're just telling the truth. We're just talking about, you know, this is the struggle. This is the reality of what's going on. This is what we're trying to do to make success. And we're just vibing with different people and telling the real story of entrepreneurship of where we're at. And, and people are really vibing with it. And I think that's great. And, and we really want to help a lot of people if we can with that. Yeah, I think your bravery has been transferred to that to the people listening to your podcast and to the to the person that you were talking about, the guy you were talking about. Not that he has been in your exact shoes, but he's been in a situation, different situation, but where he felt that same feeling of, oh my gosh, my back's against the wall, I'm anxious, how am I going to make this work? And he watched you do it and said, all right, well, if Jamie can do it in an entrepreneurial sense, so can I, because I've done it in whatever, some other sense. And I think that that's a super important lesson that, that your bravery and your courage and your like honesty gets very quickly transferred to other people who have never met you. That's what's the beauty of, of like this online medium and stuff is that they don't have to meet you to realize like, I trust this person and I resonate with what they're saying. 
Yeah, and you don't realize how many people you can help until you start putting yourself out there. And, and you know, I'm a big believer of publishing as a platform. You know, and and it's kind of ironic for me to say that after only like two weeks of publishing properly on a podcast. But you know, I had a blog and I've done it for a while. And and what's funny is that things start to happen. And you know, and and Travis, like we can speak testaments that with the Paradise Pack this year. You know, I started publishing for my podcast and I started talking and giving away a free course. You know, a course that I'd sold in the past and I decided to give it away for free. And then Travis stumbled across it and he's like dude i didn't know you had a course yeah i'm like yeah man I, I had it since october he's like can i check it out he's like wow this course is great can i feature in the paradise pack and you know one of my lifelong i say lifelong one of my <laughs> goals since i discovered the paradise pack was you know i read it in my journal i was like i want to be featured in the paradise pack and if i hadn't started publishing you wouldn't have even seen that I had that course. Right. We wouldn't be here having this conversation. Right. And I think that's just so powerful to realize that if you just start sharing your message and, you know, your mess can be your message. You know, it doesn't matter if you're going through a shitstorm right now. If you just share it the way it is, people are going to resonate with that. And even if you haven't got it figured out, you'll eventually figure out and people will be there with you through that journey. Yeah, and I think that to, to wrap it up, that's, that's exactly what we want out of the Paradise Pack is people coming in whether they know what they want to do or don't know what they want to do, you know, for, for whether it be freelance writing or starting a blog or a podcast, whether they have any idea of how they're going to monetize or not, they just know that they want to do something different like you did. Like you said, I need to travel. I need to get out. I need to take life in my own hands. I need to create my own freedom and, and my own goals and my own mission. And to take that and then to actually, you know, make some sort of action out of it. And for you, it was taking that first trip, three months, you went away, you partied a bit, you're like, this is cool. Okay, I made an X amount. Now I made, you know, now I'm making six figures or whatever, five figures a month. Cool. And now, now I hit a road bump and now I'm looking to shoot off in another direction that's going to take me higher than ever. And the beauty for me of having you in the Paradise Pack was that I can sit there and say, hey guys, here's someone who, who got the Paradise Pack two years ago and look at how far they've come. Like someone who took action. You know, not everyone who gets a course is going to take action. As much as we like to think like, oh, this is the best thing ever. That's just the fact of the matter. But the people who do, we could sit there and say like, look at Jamie. Like that's always been our goal. Jason and I have said, I don't know if we've told anyone else publicly this. We've always said, we want people like eventually we want to do a paradise pack where it's all people who have been past buyers of the paradise pack whose products are in it because that to us is validation that this works. You can make it work. You just take the first couple steps. And that's why I'm so proud of you because I'm like, Jamie's got a kick-ass course in the Paradise Pack. He only went through it two years ago and he's already created something that's a value to other people now. You know, and I think it's really important as well and, and kind of why I wanted to share some of the failings and some of the things I've done wrong as well because I think sometimes you can see these people that get highlighted for their successes and it's like, this guy did six figures, this guy had a million dollar launch, this guy had X, Y, Z and we want to focus on the positive but what I think is really, really important is to realize that those people that have success, it's not always because they hit the golden ticket and they found the one thing that worked. It's more often than not just the fact that they were persistent and resilient and that they had these failures but they just and kept failed trying. 12 times failed 12 times on average on average and just kept on going and and that's what i wanted to share with people more than anything is that you know it's not that i'm any different to anybody else i'm just a guy that was working in a job but the only thing that set me apart from maybe some of the other people sometimes take courses is that i took action but i didn't give up i just kept trying different things and i was persistent and resilient and just kept going and i will keep going until 
until I get to that level. And that's exactly what it's all about. And, and you know, I have hard days, you know, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, I was sat there pretty much crying in my girlfriend's lap because I'm like, this is hard. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I've got no money. I've just signed up for this $30,000 commitment. What have I done? Am I crazy? And, you know, she just had to be there to support me. And within a couple of days after I got all that mopey shit out of the way, I then managed to realize, all right, it's time for action. Let's figure out what I can do to get myself out of this position. And, you know, pretty quickly you start to realize that when you're in a community, people around you will band around you and support you. And it's because of the people in the communities I'm in that I managed to get into a position where I'm now safe from that payment, making a little bit of money on top, and I'm going to get to that trajectory I need to get. And it's all about people that are around you. Support and community is so important. So you're not going back to being a furniture salesman is what you're saying. Uh, no, Barry, I am not coming back to work with you. <laughs> Kindly <Yeah>. leap off. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Guys, if you're listening to this, check it out, theparadisepack.com. You can go there. We'll put it in the show notes as well. But this is only once a year. If you're, if you're listening, you're like, I don't even know what the Paradise Pack is. It's a bundle of products designed to help you become location independent. Jamie, one of those is your courses this year. Talk talk just for a second on what the course that you're putting in is all about. Man, I'm so pumped because you know this product launch secrets is is what the course is called. And basically, you guys will have heard in this episode, I you know struggled with a bunch of different courses. I did an Instagram course, I did a blog course, I did a Pinterest course, and over the course of launching three or four of these different products, I started to realize what worked, what didn't work, and I made a ton of mistakes as we were telling you guys that you do. And the product launch secrets product that I'm putting inside the paradise pack it's a lot of peas in a in a, in a row right. right the product launch secrets will basically show you guys how to launch a product in a slightly different way most people think that the way that you launch your product is you come up with an idea you then create the product and then once you've created it you then go and say all right who am i going to sell this to the way that i teach you to do it in product launch secrets is that first you find the person that wants to buy that product and you try and sell it to them before you even create anything. And the idea behind that is that you can sell something on the idea that, hey, we're going to go and do this in four weeks' time. And doing it that way means that if nobody buys it, you haven't put any hard work into creating that product. But the people that do buy it get exclusive access. They get you know, a discount for coming in with you early. And you're able to then build the products alongside them. And it's a much, much smarter way to do it, thinking about the sale first and creation on the back end. Because I think the biggest challenge that most people have when creating any online product is that they really struggle to take action and to start selling it to people. So what we're doing is we're forcing you guys to take imperfect action by selling the product first and then creating it on the back end. Yeah, you create a product. A lot of people create a product they think people want versus a product that they know they want. And this is a way to know that people want it before you even put the hard work in. And the great thing about it is if no one buys it, you haven't lost anything and you can just rejig it round figure out what you learn, and then just launch it back from there. And actually, this is what I did with the Product Launch Secrets product. You know, I launched this very back meta in October. Here. Very meta this, here. Is, this is very meta. You know, I, I launched this product and I was like, yo, this is how you launch a product. And I did it that way. No one bought it. I reworked it. I changed a couple of things around. A bunch of people bought it. And then that's how I created the course from there. Yeah, so if you guys want to do it, check it out, theparadisepack.com. Jamie's course is one of about 15 to 20 courses in there. It's available for sale only April 23rd through 29th. So depending on when you're listening to this, it's either coming up or it's already for sale, but it's only seven days a year. That's it. Then it's gone forever. So if you want to check it out, it's 15 to 20 products, all designed to help you lead this location independent lifestyle that Jamie and I have been talking about. The good, the bad, the ugly. One of the things that we both do on our podcast is show you every side of it. But ultimately, 
this location, independent lifestyle, and the reason that Jamie's not going back to selling furniture is the idea that this is something that if you're sitting there at your desk and you're like, I just want something more. I want freedom. I want to make the decision so that I'm the one in control of my life. That's what you're able to do. And these courses are going to help you do that, whether you want to launch a product, like Jamie's course is going to teach you to do, whether you want to figure out how to do SEO on your blog, whether you want to do affiliate marketing. There's a bunch of courses in there. You can check them all out, theparadisepack.com. But just remember, it's only available seven days only, and then it's gone forever. Jamie, thank you, my man. We just got to riff here at Second District Brewing in Philly for about an hour, sitting in the sun, drinking beer. I mean, this to me is what the location independent lifestyle is all about is saying, this is what I want to do. Like what more would I want to do rather than record a podcast, hang out with you, get to meet in person and do it in the middle of a weekday when most people will be sitting in an office looking out at the sun. We're standing here. Basically it's a beautiful day. It's so nice. You know, I'm, I can't believe that we're just getting this done. And most people are finishing work now coming in and be like, who are these two guys with this microphone? Like, what are they? Interviewing know, you, CBS? You got, What's going on? Yeah, you've got the like the after work crowd just getting ready to pour in here. And uh, here we are. been doing it for all day, getting new fun stuff. So if you guys are interested in location and independence, check it out. Theparadisepack.com. Jamie, where can they go to check out your podcast? Because we just recorded a podcast with me as a guest on your podcast love the show love the theme love the vibe how can they check that out yeah guys the biggest thing that you can do for me right now and for yourself is to actually just go out and check out the new podcast if you head to entrepreneurjunkie.co you can go onto the website you can sign up for the mailing list if you want to get access to all of the latest episodes but the biggest thing you can do right now is just to jump straight onto iTunes and check it out so if you just search for entrepreneur junkie movement entrepreneur junkie movement on iTunes, on the podcast, check it out, share it with your friends, enjoy it. And you know, if you're feeling generous, leave a rating, you know, that stuff helps. Yeah, it definitely does guys. And if you, uh, if you like podcasts, which you do, you just listen to this one, check that one out. I'm always on, like, I'm always scouring. I'm always on the lookout for other podcasts, right? Because like, yeah, I want to learn something. And we just did one together, as I mentioned, right before this show, love the way that the interview went. It's cool. It's cut up into little sections. So it's like more quick hitting than this podcast. So check it out. EntrepreneurJunkieMovement.co. Entrepreneur Junkie Movement is the name of the podcast. Find that on iTunes or however you listen to this. Jamie, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, if you're traveling, if you're going around, Check out Tortuga Backpacks. They're a great sponsor of today's show, tortugabackpacks.com. You can use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters that will get you 10% off your entire order. Until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris The world's shortest flight between Papa Westray and Westray in Scotland can take up to, at a maximum, two minutes. But if the wind is blowing right, it can be as quick as 47 seconds. 
Google it. Check it out. You can actually see between the two airfields. It's pretty crazy. It's only one mile long.